Good morning and welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. You are in the right place at the right time. Tonight or today, this morning, whatever time it is that you're watching this, I'm going to teach you the supernatural keys to spiritual maturity. There are things that certain people can understand, can operate in, and can handle in the spirit realm that other people cannot. So if you're not ready for a deep teaching, if you don't want to be blasted with revelation knowledge, then I suggest you go find some other lukewarm channel. Amen. Well, as you're jumping on, give this video a thumbs up, subscribe if you have not already, and make sure that you hit the notification bell. I want you to be notified every single time that I go live so that you can get fed the word of God. And let me know down in the comments where you're watching from. We've got a ton of people on with us this morning, over 300, and uh, I believe we're going we're gonna to keep it that way. Like this, share it, send this to people that need to know about spiritual maturity. What I'm going to teach you today will put you in a totally different realm than everybody else. Somebody type in the comments, I am spiritually mature. Courtney Kirkland in Zachary, Louisiana. Courtney, you'll have to come pay us a visit in Ruston sometime. Samuel in Texas. Tanya, good morning. There's just so many people. Ellie, so many people. Donald in Delaware. God bless you, everyone. I really do enjoy coming on and doing these live streams with you. This is a topic that I've never spoken about live before. Morning, John. Bless you, brother. I've never taught on this simply because uh, when you start getting into deep things like this and you have a, an influx of people start joining your channel and subscribing. I mean, we went from, hey, Megan, good to see you. Long time no see. Maybe I just haven't seen you in the comments, but God bless you, Megan. We love you. When you get an influx of people like we've had over the last six months now, how we went from 7,000 subscribers to 2.7 million, I mean, it just <laughs> clearly it shows you that the blessing of the Lord is on this ministry and that God is doing something very, very special here. So you're guaranteed as you stay connected that God is going to move tremendously in your life. Aloha in Hawaii. In Hawaii. I used to live in Maui, by the way. Lived in, uh, close to Lahaina. I lived in Hanukkah. Spiritual maturity is what determines your success in this life. You can have success in the natural realm, but if you do then you're probably not born again or you're just recently born again and you have no idea what's going on. You can have success in the soulish realm, but typically that involves witchcraft and demonic stuff or getting involved in yoga and all this stuff. Hey, Jorge's already given. Jorge, you're a blessing. He gave $100 right off the bat yesterday during the live stream and you gave again today. I pray a hundredfold blessing over you, Jorge. God bless you. Spiritual maturity determines the level that you play at in life. You can get born again. You can go to a good church. You can even read your Bible, do your devotions. You can even pray. But if you're not growing in the spirit, good morning, Jasmine. All right, I got to stop saying hello to everybody or else it'll take me the whole live stream. If you're not growing spiritually, then you cannot do exploits and take dominion in the kingdom of God. 
So I've made it my purpose that at least once a week, I'm going to start teaching on deeper topics. Now that we've got a ton of people in, as I'm discipling all these people that are joining our live stream, we're raising up people that will carry the glory of God here. I'm going to teach you deeper things in the spirit realm. If you don't understand how the spirit realm operates, how are you going to operate in the spirit realm? Glory, God bless you. Thank you for your giving in Hawaii. People are already giving. Look at this. <laughs> That's the grace of God. Thank you, Father. I pray a hundredfold over your seed glory. Let's get into it. There's three realms of spiritual maturity. Three realms. Within all of these realms, there's different dimensions, but I'm going to cover these three realms and give you a taste of what it looks like to spiritually grow up. Somebody type in the comments, I'm putting on my big boy pants. There's a lot of people that are still feeding on the milk of the word. They're still stuck in spiritual diapers. But once you get a hold of this today, it'll get you out of your diapers, into your big boy pants. You'll stop feeding on the milk of the word like Paul wrote, and you'll start feeding on the meat, the solid, strong, firm meat of the word of God. You'll understand deeper revelation to operate in heavenly places, not in the natural realm. Number one, the number one realm of spiritual maturity is ruling over your flesh. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Audrey said, I'm putting on my big girl pants. That's good. If you're a girl, don't put on boy pants. And vice versa. And not if you're born, born a girl. Not if you identify as a girl. You have to clarify these days. Galatians chapter 5. Listen to this. Verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Where is lust found? In the flesh. Lust is found in the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition one to another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law, because you will not be practicing the desires of the flesh. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these, adultery, <laughs> adultery, adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The first step to spiritual maturity is ruling over your flesh. Type this in the comments. I will rule over my flesh. If you cannot break free from sin in your life, Hey, praise the Lord, Hallie. Congratulations. If you cannot break free from sin and you can't do a fast for at least 24 hours without something manifesting in your flesh, that is a litmus test that your flesh is in control of you and you are not in control over your flesh.
The first step to spiritual maturity is you have to get control over your flesh. <clears throat> your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to fast. Your flesh doesn't want to live holy. But you have to beat your flesh into submission. Paul said, he said, I literally beat my flesh. I force my flesh into submission, lest I myself be disqualified from what I'm preaching. Even Paul had to beat and submit his flesh. You must pray. You must fast. You must get in the word. You must press in and conquer the desires of the flesh. Now before, someone said slaps my flesh, that's funny. Now before being filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't control your flesh in your own strength. That's the whole point. No one could live holy under the law without the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's two things that have happened since Jesus died for us. Number one, he said in John 15, verse 6, you've been made clean by the words that I've spoken to you. God's word cleanses us. God's word cleanses us. If there's any area of your life that you haven't been able to break free from, find out what the Bible says about it and speak it, believe it, speak it, stand on it. If it's uncleanness, stand on scriptures that talk about morality, living holy. I am a holy vessel of honor for God. I'm used honorably. I purify myself as he is pure. I love righteousness and I hate wickedness. I do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I live holy and consecrated, set apart for God and his use. Begin to program yourself that way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen to teachings like this. And if you have sin in your life that you haven't been able to break out of, I just released a video two days ago about how to have victory over sin. Go watch that video and play it on repeat. It will help you. Number one realm of spiritual maturity, this is basic, is having control over your flesh. When you're living a holy life, when you can fast without your flesh totally manifesting, when you can pray on a regular basis, and you actually long to be in the secret place, these are signs that your flesh is submitted. Then you move into a different realm of spiritual maturity. The next realm, point number two, ruling your soul. Ruling your soul. God created your soul for you to have control over it. Good morning, Mercy. Not for your soul to have control over you. You are a spirit born of God. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. This is your earth suit. Paul called it this earthly tent. Corruptible. One day we will put off corruptible and we will put on the incorruptible. You are not a soul who has a spirit that lives in a body. You're not a body who has a soul and lives in a spirit. You are a spirit man. God gave you your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in your body. This is your temporary residence. 
you're renting this earth suit until the resurrection. So when you have revelation that I am a spirit man, my mind doesn't control me, I control my soul. You enter into a new level of spiritual maturity. Go to 3 John with me, the book of 3 John. And we're going to get deeper and deeper. So I want you to stay to the end of this. Somebody share this with people. Keep liking it. Keep sharing it. People need to know how to move up in the spirit realm. Third John chapter 1. There's only one chapter. Verse 2. Beloved, this is Paul, this is the word of God. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Somebody type in the comments, God wants my soul to prosper. A lot of people say, man, people be preaching that prosperity gospel, health and wealth gospel. Yep, the Bible says, I pray that all may go well with you, that you be in good health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. God wants me healthy, God wants me wealthy, and God wants me to have soundness of mind. He wants you to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. If you read that sentence in the Greek, it literally says joined or in cooperation with your soul prospering. Your prosperity in life is tied to the level of your prosperity in your soul. Be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. You are exactly where you are at in life because of the state of your soul, whether you know it or not. That's why Psalm chapter 23 says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. It says, he restores my soul. God restores your soul. Your prosperity in life is in direct correlation to the prosperity of your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you learn, that's right, someone said, bro's a top G. That's right, tell top G I'm the top G. Andrew Tate has nothing on me. You can isolate, clip that. Tag him in it, post it, and I'm going to make a video about Andrew Tate and why he's really not a Christian anymore. One of these days I'll do it when I find the time. We'll talk about the top G. I like him. I want him to come back and get born again. He can't be serving a dead God like Muhammad or Buddha. He's got to come serve the Lion of Judah. The second realm... Of spiritual maturity is learning how to control your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. The soul, I want you to write this down and type it in the comments. The soul is the bridge between the spirit realm and the natural realm. The most powerful thing that God ever made in this existence is the soul
It's God's most precious and valued creation, the human soul. That's why God and the devil are in a constant battle for it. The most powerful form of God's creation is the human soul. Remember, it says that when God breathed into Adam, he made him a living soul. He made us in his likeness and in his image. The difference between us and the angels, us and the devil, us and demon spirits and other spirits, is we have a human soul made in the image and likeness of God. Pretty powerful stuff. If your emotions and your feelings control you, you are not in control of your soul. If your thoughts control you instead of you controlling your thoughts, then you are not in control of your soul. If you are moved by your emotions and your feelings, then you are not in control of your soul. Why are we dropping frames? Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, taking every thought into captivity and making it obedient to Christ that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Any thought, any imagination, anything that comes into your mind that doesn't align with God's word, God's will, if meditated on, becomes a stronghold. It gets a strong hold on your mind. It becomes a belief system, and it births something that is not the will of God for your life. So when feelings, thoughts, emotions arise that are not in alignment to God's word, it is our job to bind it and force it to be subject to the word of God. No matter what you're feeling like, Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see, and I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe God. I believe God's word. I believe God. Somebody type in the comments, I believe God. When your decisions are moved and based upon what you feel in your mind, your emotions. You're operating at only half the capacity you could truly operate as a Christian. Not even half. It's, it's, you're not quite there yet. It's called carnality. Romans chapter 8 says that the carnal mind is at constant war with the spiritual mind. Galatians 5 says that the flesh is at war with the spirit. Romans 8 says that the mind is at war with the spirit, the carnal mind. That word carnal means fleshly. Basically, it means it limits God. 
any thoughts, any emotions, any feelings that limit God in your life is carnality. It's not spirituality. So becoming spiritually mature is being able to have control over your intellect, over your mind, over your will, and over your emotions. Your will is your ability to choose. Your emotions is your emotional state. When you learn how to control the soul, you've entered into a different level of spiritual maturity. The natural mind is programmed by patterns. The carnal mind is programmed by patterns. That's why Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 say, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The mind is formed by patterns. You can change the patterns of your mind with the word of God. And what happens is your entire being turns into autopilot. You can get into such a position of controlling your soul, disciplining yourself, that your soul will work for you. Most people are stuck in bondage to their soul. And they work for their soul. I got to take this drug. I got to drink this. I got to watch this. I got to do this in order to have a healthy mental state. Uh-uh. That's not how God intended for it to be. God intended for you to operate in control of your soul. To use your soul as a tool to progress in life. Now, this might be getting too deep for people, but people got to know. And I'll, I'll get... I'll do a teaching on, on the superpower of the soul one of these days. How to control the human soul. David knew how to control his human soul. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? And then he rejoiced himself out of a depressed state. Blessings in Rochester. All right, I'll close with this and then I'll pray for people. I think we're getting deep. We're, we're losing people. <laughs> people are like, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. Number three. Ruling over your spirit. So there's three, there's three uh, realms of spiritual maturity. Number one, having control over your flesh. When you have control over your flesh, many times you're like, I'm a big boy now. Uh, not quite. You're getting there though. What separates the men from the boys is being able to control your soul and ultimately your spirit. So you learn how to control your flesh and then you're like, all right, glory to God. Now I want to learn how to control my soul. And then you upgrade, you're promoted more or less. The Lord puts you in a position to control your soul. You program your soul, you cleanse your soul. You create patterns that give you the mind of Christ according to the word of God instead of the patterns of this world. That's why the Bible says meditate on my word 
day and night. Then you will have good success anywhere that you go. You learn to meditate on God's word. Third realm. Becoming the ruler of your own spirit. Go to Proverbs chapter 16 with me. Verse 32, King James Version. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, King James Version. What I'm about to say will go over most people's heads. But Lord, those with ears, let them hear. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that learns how to rule his spirit, he that takes a city. They said my mic's low. Can you turn my mic up a little bit? How's that? A little more? It's on OBS. I think it's limited on OBS. Hopefully that's better. There we go. That should help you guys out. Alejandro said, Godly man is the most handsome man ever. All right, let's not get weird. Okay, Proverbs 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He that rules his spirit is greater than he that takes a city. Write this in your notes. And type this in the comments. In order to take dominion, you must learn how to control your spirit. When you know how to program your spirit for success, is when you will start is when you'll be capable of taking dominion for the kingdom of God. You'll start taking territory in the spirit. You know. When the devil was presenting his case against Job to the Lord, he presented himself before God. And God said, from where do you come? And he said, I come from roaming the earth, going to and fro. The word in the Hebrew is ekbalo. That word ekbalo in the Hebrew means taking dominion. The devil literally presented himself to God and said, I've been almost mockingly, I've been taking dominion in the earth. When a man learns how to rule over his spirit, he learns how to take dominion in the earth. But you must know how to program your spirit for success. The way that you program your spirit for success, I want you to get this right now is by your confession. By your confession. Most people think confession is just, I'm just speaking things. And somehow, God is causing the universe to bring what I'm saying into my life. Uh Uh-uh. It's much deeper than that. Confession does multiple things. Number one, Psalm 103 verse 20 says that the angel of the Lord hearkens to the word of the Lord. So as you're confessing God's word, as you're believing God's word, as you're speaking God's word, angels that are put on the earth for your behalf are out causing God's word to work in your life. 
Number two, the Spirit of the Lord watches over God's Word to perform it in your life. So angels are causing God's Word to come to pass in your life. The Spirit of the Lord is causing God's Word to come into your life. And number three, you are being transformed from glory to glory into the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ by your confession. The Bible says God's Word becomes a mirror to us, and we are transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. So as you believe God's word and as you speak, you literally program your spirit for success. Somebody type in the comments, I'm programmed for success. Amen, Hallie. She said, Taylor, your messages are getting better and better. Thank you, Jesus. You haven't heard anything yet. We're just getting into it. The word of God is inexhaustible. You program your spirit for success by your confession. My pastor says it this way. God's word is faith food. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for. Hope is in your soul, it's in your imagination, the evidence of things not seen. Your confession brings your flesh, your soul, and your spirit in alignment and programs you for success. The spirit realm is called the upside down kingdom by many people that have a, a slight grasp on how the spirit realm works. They call it the upside-down kingdom. For example, the way that you receive in the kingdom of God is by giving. The Bible says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So the way that you reap is by sowing. Well, how do you hear if faith comes by hearing? By your speaking. So when people preach God's word into you, it's programming your spirit for success by revelation knowledge. And when you operate by your confession, God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. And it programs you for success. It programs you to be a mature Christian that operates out of your spirit man in control of your soul and in control of your flesh. It transforms you into the very image of Jesus Christ. Your confession. Your confession. Brother Hagen once said, I could preach over 60 days straight on the power of confession. Fred Price has a 37-part series on the power of positive confession. How your words create your world. Hebrews, I'll leave you with this, and then I'm, I'm going to pray for people. So stick around. Hebrews 11, verse 3, says God framed the worlds by His words. Your world is framed by your words. You are living in what you've been speaking all the way up until this point in your life. 
Many people say diabetes runs in my family. And they think it's a generational curse when really they've just been speaking it into their own bloodline for years, for generations. Do you want to know how... (laughs) I don't know if I should get this deep. Do you want to know how blessings and cursings work? They work in the soul. That's good. Megan said, can you touch on the difference between this and manifesting? Everything that God does, all of God's ways, have been counterfeited by the devil. So manifestation is just a counterfeit of a spiritual law called the law of confession. Remember, God created all the spiritual laws. The devil just takes it and twists it and makes a counterfeit of it. He doesn't make a counterfeit of it. He just takes it, uses a spiritual law outside of the blood of Jesus illegally. That's why John chapter 10 says anyone that tries to enter into the sheepfold illegally will not be allowed to. You can't operate in the spirit realm illegally. You can only operate in the spirit realm by the blood of Jesus. Otherwise, it is witchcraft. So that's the difference. Man, people that manifest, they've just tapped into a spiritual law called confession. But because they don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're just operating as witchcraft outside of the will of God. But get this. Blessing and cursing operates in the soul. If you tell somebody enough times that they are poor and they're going to be poor. They will be poor. Because words are seeds. And any word that is watered produces a tree. Words create patterns in your mind. They create belief systems. That's why when a young girl Maybe she dresses up real pretty. She's eight or nine years old, but she has an alcoholic father who's in a bad mood one day. And he says, girl, you're hideous. You're never going to get a a good husband one day. You're going to end up just like your mother or something like that. That one little statement planted a seed that created a belief system in that little girl's mind that brought a curse on her own life. And brought insecurity created patterns in her behavior that eventually led to her living out that statement that was prophetically spoken to her by her father. And now this is a whole other teaching I'll get into another time. But that's how words work. This is how your confession works. You must meditate on God's word day and night. And he told Joshua, do not let it depart from your mouth. So you meditate on it and you speak it. And it programs your spirit, man, and it programs your soul, and it programs your entire being to be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Well, this was a deep teaching, but I believe people got something from it today. This is how to become spiritually mature. And I, I can't fill all this in this, in this uh, one short live stream. I'll have to do another on this. But this will help you. This will help you a lot. Somebody type in the comments, if I change my words, I change my world. You ultimately are a product of your confession. 
The Bible says you have what you say. You don't have to have what other people say. You can have what you say. If somebody speaks death over you, you say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not my reality. I'm a new creation in Christ. Randy said, you should come speak at Cheris Bible College in Colorado. Well, people can invite me to come preach. My my schedule's pretty open going into 2023. So if people want to invite me to come and preach, they can go on my website and uh, book me. I'll be going up to Canada sometime in April or May, which will be a lot of fun. I haven't, I haven't publicly announced that yet, but when I have dates and we have all that figured out, I'll let you know. I'm going to pray for you that this becomes revelation in your life. That this becomes revelation in your life. That as you change your words, you change your world. That's why every day when I wake up, my confession rules me. I live by my confession. Oh, glory to God. I feel like I just want to keep teaching on this. The Bible says we live by our profession. Profession in the Greek is the same word as confession. Jesus is the high priest and apostle of our confession or profession. To live by your profession, how do you live by something? If I'm a if I'm a professional football player, what does that mean? I make my living by it. You living by your profession and living by your confession means that you live by the words that you speak. That's why every day I wake up and I say, Father, I thank you that today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I know that I'm a tither and a giver. My finances are in covenant with God. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. The windows of heaven are open over my life. God commands a blessing on me that is so great. I don't even have enough room to store it all. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Hallelujah. I don't lack ability. I don't lack opportunity. I never lack for money. Angels and ministering spirits are working on my behalf right now. They're bringing in my harvest. They're causing God's word to work in my life. I frame my world by my words. Hallelujah. And I reign as a king in life through Jesus Christ. When you begin speaking like that and living by your confession... You frame your world by your words. Amen. I'm going to pray for people. Before I pray for you, I want to give you an opportunity to sow into our ministry and what God is doing here today. One of the greatest things you can do in your life to bring breakthrough going into 2023. You're welcome. You're welcome, Courtney. One of the greatest things you can do in your life right now going into the year 2023 is to set yourself up for success financially. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10, a man that sows abundantly reaps abundantly. If you've been stirred up by this teaching today, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Sacrifice a big seed today. Sow a big seed today and watch how it will produce for you in 2023. Genesis 26 says that even, and this is, you need to hear this right now. Everybody is talking about this recession that's supposed to hit America. Everybody's talking about this recession that's supposed to hit America. Well, I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you. If you listen to what I'm about to tell you, you're going to be in the same boat with me. I'm recession proof. The World Economic Forum does not 
decide my prosperity. The devil does not decide my destiny. The world does not decide my destiny. I'm recession proof. God and God's word decides my financial state. And the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. You can set yourself up today to be financially stable and prosperous going into this next year. The seed you sow today will be the harvest that you reap tomorrow and this coming year. So in Genesis 26, when it said that there was back-to-back famine in the land, there was famine in the time of Abraham, there was famine in the time of Isaac. It says Isaac sowed in that land in a time of famine, a time of recession. And it said in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. If you knew for a fact that the seed you sow today is going to produce a hundredfold harvest, how would you sow? I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to pray for you. Pastor Mark Hankins was praying one day, and there was a young man going into the ministry that asked for a meeting with him. He said, hey, I'd like to meet you at a a coffee shop, and I'd like to ask for your advice and stuff. And as he was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he said, he's about to bring you a seed that's going to bless you, a financial offering. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, whatever he gives you, I want you to multiply it by two and give it back to him. And so they go to the coffee shop. The guy says, I want to give you an offering. And he gives him an offering. I think it was like $500. Pastor Hankins pulls out his checkbook and writes a check for $1,000 and gave it back to him. And he said, the Lord told me that whatever you give me today to double it and give it back to you. And he said, how would you have given? How much more would you have given? If you believed God's word and knew that I was going to give you double what you gave. How would you have sown if you knew it was going to come back? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When you give, sow that way. Because God is not mocked. Whatever a man gives is what a man reaps. Luke 6.38 says, as you give, it is given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So I want to encourage you today to connect your finances to what God is doing here. And you will be blessed. We're currently feeding 1,500 kids each and every single month in a third world nation called Chad. They preach the gospel to all of these kids. This is a handwritten letter by them. It's a handwritten letter by them thanking us for our giving and our generosity. So we thank you ahead of time. We thank you ahead of time for your giving. You're a major, major blessing to us. We also have about a dozen other ministries that we give to on a regular basis. So you're helping us with that. And we're currently reaching hundreds of millions of people online and in person each and every single year. So you're connecting yourself financially to the vision of this ministry. My vision is to reach 200 million people in Generation Z and get them saved, full of the Holy Ghost and on fire to carry revival to our generation. I believe Generation Z shall be saved. And I want to encourage you and ask you to connect to the vision of this house. And join us as we preach the gospel to Generation Z. And the promise is, according to God's word, that whatever you sow, you reap.
I tell this story often, but it changed my life. There was a time when I needed financial breakthrough in my life. And I only had $600 in my bank account. And the Lord told me to give 540 of it to another minister. It was very tough for me to do, but I obeyed God. And I took $540, I gave it to another guy. I said, there better be a God, hallelujah. So I gave that seed and I was getting ready to go on a trip, a ministry trip down to Florida. So I had $60 in my bank account and I had rent coming up. I had groceries. I had, I had bills to pay. So in the natural, if I would have been moved by what my natural circumstance looked like, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have had faith, but I gave that $540 to that guy. And a few days later, an evangelist came up to me at this minister's conference. He didn't even know I was going to the conference. He shook my hand and he said, Hey, am I a, am I a partner with your ministry yet? And I said, no, sir, you're not. And he said, today I'm going to sow a thousand dollars into your ministry. And from now on, I'm going to partner with you at a thousand dollars a month. And to this day, he's one of our biggest monthly partners. That was two years ago. God took that $540 seed that I planted and turned it into over $24,000. And it's continuing to perpetually produce for me. What can God do with your seed today? So I encourage you, sow and watch what God will do in your life. If you need breakthrough, there's no seed that God can't bless and turn into if you plant it in faith today. That will bring forth financial breakthrough in your life. Well, I hope that encourages you to so big and to believe God and watch what he'll do in your life. Let me pray for you. The ways that you can give are on the screen. Cash app is dollar sign revival way. Venmo is at revival way. PayPal is at revival way. And you can give through our website, revivalway.com. I want to give shout outs to some people that have been giving to this ministry. Jorge has been a blessing. He gives almost every live stream. Shout out to Jorge. Thank you for your giving. You can also click the link that's in our chat right now, and you can also give through Super Chat. Michael Runyon, thank you for your giving. Katie Gaspari, thank you for your giving. Gene Cantu, thank you for your giving. Jessica Young, thank you for your giving. Just me, I don't know who that is, but thank you for your giving. Crystal, thank you for your giving. Shauna, thank you for your giving. Teresa, thank you. Gina, Kimberly, Tia, thank you for your giving, everybody. Through Cash App and through Venmo and through PayPal. And I just got an email today that we have another person joining us as a monthly partner. If you're not already a monthly partner with this ministry, I encourage you to become a monthly partner. Thank you, Mercy. Mercy is a monthly partner. We love you, Mercy. Watch how God will increase you and expand you. Someone said no Gcash. I don't know what Gcash is. So no, no Gcash, unfortunately. Oh, uh, is that from the Philippines? Oof, sorry. I don't have Gcash. Let me pray for you and bless you. 
Father, in Jesus' name, every person that gives today under the sound of my voice, would you increase them, multiply them, multiply their seed sown today. Angels and ministering spirits, go, cause the word to work, and cause the harvest to come. And Satan, take your hands off their harvest today. In Jesus' name, I bless every person under the sound of my voice. Amen. And amen. I love you. I bless you. You do not want to miss tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be revealing to you the blessings of Abraham. Tomorrow's live stream is going to, for lack of better words, change your life. I say that like every time, but I'm telling you, tomorrow morning is going to blow your mind. You're going to love it. And uh, I'm excited to teach you. Thank you for your giving. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you in the morning. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.